Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Things are heating up as we head towards the NFL draft at the end of this month. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. What is happening, Joe, with Will Levis? Because as I understand it, the odds are changing with Will Levis. Will Levis is the quarterback that I felt like the last few weeks was on the outside looking in. Like AR had gotten really, really hot. Obviously, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young have been really hot. They were all the conversation. Even Hendon Hooker started taking some of the conversation at a certain point. Will Levis was sort of on the outside looking in. And now all of a sudden, Will Levis is climbing the draft boards. What is going on? He was the fourth of four. In the eyes of many, it was Young and Stroud at the top. Anthony Richardson was right there as well, depending on how you viewed about developing a prospect. And then there was Will Levis, the fourth of four. Not really the case anymore. Money has been pouring in at sportsbooks on Will Levis to be the number two overall pick. All right? Last night, he was 10 to one to go number two overall. That means 100 bucks will give you 1,000 in profit if it happens. Now he's plus 250. Which means that same hundred bucks only gets you two hundred and fifty. It doesn't get you a thousand. And oh, by the way, his odds to go number two overall are better than C.J. Stroud's. He's plus two seventy-five. So Levis is climbing now. A lot of people are going to ask why. Well, when it comes to the odds, it's the money. Respected money somewhere, some way came in, and bookmakers decided to make an adjustment. The thing with Levis is that a lot of people who don't really watch a ton of college football or at least don't know how to evaluate, and there's tons of us out there, I'm, I'm pretty much one of them, they look at what happened with what they saw last year at Kentucky and they think, what's the deal with this guy? Go back two years ago. Look at his situation. Liam Cohen was the offensive coordinator at Kentucky. He had come over from the Rams, and he was running a pro-style offense with a really good offensive line. And Will Levis put up big numbers, solid, strong numbers, And looked really good in that offense. He processed information very well. So then what ends up happening? Well, Liam Cohen leaves. He goes back to LA. A lot of those offensive linemen graduate or go to the pros. Levis gets hurt. He doesn't have as good a season. And now everyone's looking at it, trying to figure out why he would be a high draft pick. That's the the rudimentary amateur look at it. The professional, the scout, looks at it and says, well, when you put town around this guy and you put him in a pro-style offense, he looks pretty good. And as a result, they like him. So the scouts and the personnel guys like him, but the fans don't. And it really doesn't take a lot of scouts to like you or a lot of personnel guys to like you to get you drafted early. I don't think he goes past the Colts at four. I think the Colts really like him. Question is whether or not he lands there. So when the odds makers are doing this with Levis, they're just saying he's going at two, not necessarily he's going at two to the Houston Texans, right? So in this just scenario, the Texans number two. just very position good. number two. Yes, okay. maybe they could, someone could trade up, or it could be the Texans. Remember, the Texans do need a quarterback, but because the narrative for so long has been Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, that if you throw another name into the mix, suddenly people are like, no, that can't be it. Why? Because we started the conversation with C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. What if we had started it with Will Levis? It wouldn't sound that crazy. This is not like handicapping or studying an actual game where other things can happen. This is information. This is about people. This is decision making. There is no game. So it's just about what information is the most relevant and the most accurate. 
I've heard Mel Kuyper talk about that Will Levis is one of those quarterbacks where we seem to get one every year, a quarterback that sort of falls out of favor when it comes to the draft evaluation, but has the skills there and, and has shown the talent and has the arm strength and has some of those physical attributes that everybody wants. But for whatever reason, as we head towards the draft, they kind of start getting left behind in the draft talk. And because of that, often they fall like a Josh Allen. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to pan out and do spectacularly in the league. Here is Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN's NFL draft analyst, host of the First Draft podcast as well. He was on Greeny talking about Will Levis. Two is up in the air. Some think Richardson, some think Stroud. I think Levis, and I love that. I think the mixed opinions and mystery about the draft is what we love, and then we react to what's happening. We talk about what we think will happen, what should happen, how do we do we like it, do we not like it. We love to be shocked, and hopefully we have some of that come next Thursday. So part of the conversation is certainly what's happening here with Levis creeping up, but the other part of this conversation might be what's happening with what you mentioned, Joe, with C.J. Stroud slipping down because he seems to be the one falling out of favor here because everybody seems to think Bryce Young is going to the Panthers at one. That's certainly what the odds makers are showing right now. It seems like a lock. C.J. Stroud, on the other hand, would be the quarterback that everyone thought was at least going to be number two who falls in this draft in this scenario of Levis is the next guy off the board. I'm wondering what the fall actually looks like because with all the teams that need quarterbacks, how far could a guy actually fall? Um, Seattle is interesting because Geno Smith is back, but it's not a long-term deal. You could develop someone there. You know, I'm not going to say Detroit's going to get involved because they're probably happy with golf, but the Raiders are sitting at seven. They brought in Garoppolo. They could use somebody. You work your way further down. Tennessee obviously is looking at a quarterback. So perhaps C.J. Stroud is the guy that falls. The question would be why. You know, Stroud had an interesting career at Ohio State, and I think some things changed for some teams after that Georgia game. They lost that Georgia game, but he looked incredible against an elite defense that absolutely massacred TCU in the national championship game. Like, that's how good that defense is, and Stroud played huge. And I think some guys look at that and they say, that's what he's capable of. This is a high-level prospect. And then I think other guys just don't fall for that. They say it's one game, he played well, but you look at his track record, there are some question marks there. He shouldn't be the first or the second quarterback off the board. Chris Canty, a host of Canty and Carlin, he was talking about C.J. Stroud's draft stock falling. He's had some interesting conversations recently. Here is Canty. They said that there is some concern about C.J. Stroud's ability to process information. Now, what exactly does that mean? Do they trust what he sees when he gets to the line of scrimmage and the defenses and the schemes that he's facing? Does that mean his ability to be able to digest the playbook? Is it all-encompassing? Nobody knows, but that to me seems a little bit odd considering what I saw him do against the complex defense of Kirby Smart in the college football playoff semifinal where he shredded that Georgia defense, a Georgia defense that's going to have a lot of guys playing on Sundays, a Georgia defense that was led by Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. So I'm a little bit shocked to hear that floating around in NFL circles. That Georgia defense is as close to an NFL defense as you can get at the collegiate level. Like, it ain't the NFL, but it's as close as you're going to get, Joe. And C.J. Stroud, like you said, he seemed to execute against that defense just fine, given 
one game. Are you surprised there that Canty is hearing inside NFL circles that C.J. Stroud doesn't process information well? No, not at all. Canty's a smart guy. He's well-connected. He's not going to go ahead and just throw something like that up against the wall for no reason whatsoever. He's pretty measured in what he has to say. So I respect the opinion. Um, it, it, it goes back to how you view the tape, right? I mean, there are so many things we get caught up in in these evaluations. We watch a guy run in his underwear in Indianapolis in the middle of February, and we just think to ourselves, my God, he's got to be a first-round pick. What does that have to do with anything? Then we see guys go out on the field. They play elite competition, and they perform well. That's the type of thing that should bump your stock. You know, when you're studying tape, no one wants to see how Alabama performs against our sisters of the poor. They want to see how you perform in a matchup against LSU. If you're an Alabama offensive tackle and you're going against one of the best pass rushers in the country from LSU, that's the tape everybody wants to watch. How do you perform against high-level competition? That's why everyone's always a little bit cautious about guys coming from smaller schools because how many times do they go out and play a game against another guy who's going to be playing in the NFL? If you're in the SEC or the Big Ten, it's happening all the time. Stroud has some good tape out there, but he's also got some questionable tape out there. And some of the quarterbacks that have come out of Ohio State, you have to start wondering about the system. Not to call them system guys. Justin Fields has been really good as a runner, he needs some work as a passer, but he also needs help around him. You know, you've seen a few of the other guys that have come out of Ohio State the last few years. You wonder. That's what I say. You wonder. You don't panic. You don't write them off. You don't typecast them or stereotype them. But you do wonder a little bit how much is the system and the supporting cast possibly making the player look better than he really is. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber. Will the Phoenix Suns be able to bounce back tonight in game two or to transition back to the NBA? Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. 
now in the third quarter. Boston is up on the Atlanta Hawks, 70-55. to Cleveland and New York, they're in a battle. Cleveland leading the way right now, 28-24. to That one is in the second quarter later tonight. We get Clippers, Suns. That is a 10 p.m. tip-off. We're going to be getting into that series in just moments. But first, Joe Fortenbaugh is going to try to make you a little bit more money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. 10 p.m. tonight, game two between the Phoenix Suns and the Los Angeles Clippers. We are betting over 227 and a half total points. These two teams came together a few days ago. They scored 225 points in game one. Okay, think about that. Just a couple points less than what we need tonight. But in that game, they shot just 32% from deep combined. 32%. These are two teams that during the regular season shot better than 37% from three-point range, and they were both in the top seven in the NBA. So just one more three-pointer, which is reasonable when you think about the law of averages, and we're over this total. In addition... Big reason why we had 225 points in game one. Phoenix only scored 18 points in the first quarter. Extremely low. Why did that happen? Clippers head coach Ty Lue threw some interesting defensive matchups at the Suns, one of which was Kawhi Leonard on DeAndre Ayton. That caused problems for the Suns early until they figured it out. If you go back and look, the Suns actually outscored the Clippers for the final three quarters of the game, but they got caught badly in the first quarter, and that was ultimately the difference. I don't see that happening again tonight. Pizza money number three. It's the Clippers and the Suns going over 227 and a half total points. Booker wants to go to work, driving down the left alley. Booker floats it up, blocked it by Westbrook. Oh, what a play! Westbrook knocked it off of Booker out of bounds. Russell Westbrook coming up huge in the final minute. I thought physicality was good. He got a few offensive rebounds at the end of the game. We kept the ball alive. We got some more possessions. And the big stop on Book at the end. A game one victory on the road for your L.A. Clippers here in the first round as they take down the Suns 115-110. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tomorrow night as the Grizz host the Lakers presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. So we get game two of Suns Clippers tonight. Game one, the Clippers ended up winning 115 to 110. Not an easy win for the Clips, like Joe said. In fact, in that third quarter, the Suns led by as many as 11 points at one point. Although the Clips had led for most of the game, the Suns come back. They look like in the third quarter that they're going to cruise to an easy victory right on schedule, as expected from the team that got all the headlines once Kevin Durant joined that team. And instead, the Clippers, they go back and forth in the fourth quarter. They battle back. They end up winning game one. Now, all the pressure is on this Phoenix Suns team because they are the favorite for most people coming out of the West based on just the pure names on that roster, not in terms of seeding, Joe, but the names on that roster you expected when KD joined that team. You're talking championship. You're certainly not talking getting bounced in the first round by the Clippers. So let's start with a stat. Phoenix is at home. They are down 0-1 in the series. Since 2021, we have had this situation play out 11 times. 11 times where a team at home is down zero games to one. Now, it's also happening right now between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the New York Knicks. Cleveland's at home. They're down 0-1. They currently lead 30-24, eight minutes to go in the second quarter. Of those 11 times that a team at home has gone down 0-1, in game two, they are 10-1. and one. Not just straight up, but they're also 10-1 and one against the spread. 
And the Suns are a big favorite tonight. They're sitting around eight points. So normally the team comes out very hungry, very focused, very aggressive, and they put it on the other team because the other team, quote, accomplished what they set out to accomplish, Mm -hmm. which was to go on the road and steal one game. So if you get it in game one, the thought process is you might be a little bit complacent in game two. I think the problem for the Suns tonight is what are they going to get from their bench? That was their problem coming into the playoffs. They are too thin. They gave up all their depth in the trade for Kevin Durant. Okay, great, you got Kevin Durant. But if you look at the bench, they didn't get more than four points from anybody on that bench. They only got more than eight minutes from one guy, Landry Shamit. That's it. That is it. Nothing from that bench performance. Meanwhile, you look at the Clippers. Plumlee played 18 minutes. Highland played 13. Terrence Mann played 24 minutes at 10 points. Norman Powell, 23 minutes, 14 points. Those minutes are crucial late in the series when people are running out of gas or if someone runs into foul trouble. You have to be able to lean on bench guys to give you some decent minutes here and there. It's why the Warriors completely fall apart when Steph Curry leaves the court. They cannot handle the non-Steph Curry minutes. And what happened to the Suns was that their bench couldn't do anything in Game 1. The key, who's going to step up in Game 2? So Kevin Durant... He played 49 or 45 minutes rather in, in game one, huge, uh, huge in terms of minutes, not the most huge performance we've ever seen from Kevin Durant, but still a pretty good one, 27 points, 11 assists, nine boards. Jay Williams, he is one of the co-hosts of KJM here on ESPN radio. He says in game two, Durant's going to have to be a lot more aggressive than that. The Suns aren't going to win a championship. They're not even going to come out of this series unless Kevin Durant is the aggressive Kevin Durant that you need him to be 24-7, 365. It's not a switch on and off, right? Look, he didn't score in the first 10 minutes of the first quarter last night. Did not score. No, that can't be the case. Kevin Durant, right out of the gate, he needs to come out and take 10 shots, be aggressive. In the last five minutes of the game, in the last five minutes, he didn't take one shot. One shot in the last five minutes of the game. You heard him talk post-game about, well, I was in the corner. You know, I was waiting for the ball to be kicked to me. No, I don't want to hear that from Kevin Durant. Demand the ball. I get that Devin Booker and CP3 are more ball dominant. I get that this is not the same continuity style that you had at Gold State, but there gets to a certain point in the game where Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. He is really him. Austin Reeves is yelling, I am him. Kevin Durant is really him, but you need that mentality the whole game, and you didn't have that from Katie. In a quiet 27. Joe and Amber's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm surprised to hear that from Jay Will. Yes, Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. And yes, I understand the need for him to demand the basketball there, Joe. But I do think that we're discounting how hard it is to come in with very few games under your belt with these other guys around him and then just have that chemistry down the stretch in the last five minutes. Like, that's why he wasn't being fed the ball. Those guys don't have that chemistry yet. And CP3 and Book are used to having the ball. No, they don't. You're exactly right. That's why you have 82 games in a regular season, although these guys didn't have it because it was a late trade and then there was a series of injuries that they had to overcome. Also lost in the, in the narrative here, the Clippers are really good. The mm-hmm. Clippers have a great player in Kawhi Leonard. This is a really good team. They are very well coached. What happened in this game that jammed them up early is that Ty Lue came out and when everyone thought Ivica Zubak was going to be on DeAndre Ayton, Lou put him on Torrey Craig the worst scorer, or at least the least threatening scorer of the Phoenix Suns. So Zubak could kind of like sag off in the corner with Craig, but then he could come into the paint to help out on defense. Meanwhile, Leonard was guarding DeAndre Ayton, and that gave him the ability to help out as well. So you had this great coaching situation where Monty Williams got out coached, and that first quarter ended up being a big difference in this game. Now, how is Phoenix going to respond? 
What adjustments are they going to make tonight to even this thing up 1-1? Gut tells me they even it up, but I would not lay the eight points. Uh, My gut tells me the same thing as well. Just by the names on that roster, and you can't give the nod to the Clippers when they don't have Paul George either. Kawhi is incredible. We forget how good Kawhi is, a multi-time finals MVP, because he's not always healthy. He looks every bit of Kawhi when he is healthy. Nevertheless, there's multiple Hall of Famers on that other team. They're going to have to get their act together tonight. We're getting our act together as well. Joe and Amber continues on next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Get to some of the headlines around the world of sports and beyond. We're going to tell you what things are a big deal and what things aren't a big deal. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh, hanging out with you here on Joe and Amber. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Before we get to big deal, not a big deal, though, Joe is going to try to give you a little bit more betting advice. Let's make some money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. 10 p.m. Eastern, game two, Western Conference. What are these, quarterfinals? Russell Westbrook over six and a half assists in the matchup between the Suns and the Clippers. Now, a lot of people will focus on Westbrook's scoring or lack thereof. He was three of 19 shooting in game one. Everyone said, how can the guy shoot this much? He can't hit anything. Don't worry about that. He probably goes over 16 and a half points tonight. Just a little bonus one for you. But play over six and a half rebounds. He had 11 in game one. Rebounds are a hustle stat. And Westbrook, for all the comments and jokes people make about his shooting, he hustles. He played huge in that game defensively. Devin Booker, it was like the last play of the game, he blocked him, then jumped out of bounds to grab the ball and threw it off Booker's leg to get possession for the Clippers. That was a huge play. Rebounds, assists, defense, steals, all the hustle plays. Westbrook wants to contribute, and he's going to play big minutes. He knows he's not an efficient scorer, so he's going to help out everywhere else that he can. Pizza Money number four, I believe it is. Russell Westbrook over six and a half assists. Rebounds. Over six and a half rebounds. (laughs) That one's destined to lose. I just biff that. <laughs> play the assist prop. Don't play the rebounds prop. We're, we're doomed. It's making headlines. Extra, extra. Read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Joe and Amber? Joe and Amber and James Steele. Hello, James. Take it away. A big deal uh, or not a big deal. We've already bailed on that last pizza money prop. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Big deal, no. All right. uh, Uh, So losing either way. As 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 we all know, big deal or not a big deal. I give you a a story, and then we uh, decide if it's a big deal or not a big deal. Pretty easy. Uh, So we'll start off with the quarterback of the reigning, defending, 
undisputed Super Bowl champions. Oh God! The Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes Weird said yes. Starting well, off with that. What? What? This, this is, better be good if it made it into the show. This better be good. It is. It's always good. It's uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, said yesterday that his ankle still isn't one hundred percent. Joe, big deal or not a big deal? I feel like we could have found a story other than one that surrounds your beloved Chiefs. So he said his ankle's still not a hundred percent, huh? Listen, there's, not a, a, big there's deal. a lot of there's a lot of stories here. It's just one of several. Not a big story. deal. They're, 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 first of all, when it was a problem, he still won a Super Bowl. So there's no game it's to play true. for months. And I would say not a big deal. You don't need more analysis than that. When he hurt it, he still won. Now that it's still bothering him, he's got months until the season starts. Not a big deal, Amber. He went into a Super Bowl with a hurt ankle and won a Super Bowl. So clearly the man has no problem with hurt ankles and playing through them. Also, it is April. So there's that. April 18th, by the way, shout out to my son. Happy birthday, Cullen. Happy birthday, Cully Bear, four years old. Happy birthday, Dad. Oh, there you go. Yeah, nice. happy seventy second, Joseph Harrison Fortinball the third, Mister Fortinball. We uh, yes, him and we Colin, love you. Huh? We, we we love that. All right, we love the birthdays around here, Very and now we are going to hand the mic back over to James Steele reluctantly, and hope the next story has nothing to do with his Kansas City. All right, back to the also, Chiefs. Also, I'm gonna oh, wait, I'm gonna on. file. I'm gonna I'm gonna consider filing a motion for everyone involved in this show, putting a one week ban on all Chiefs content. I'm thinking about putting that out for a vote after like what just happened motion. there. That's story, that story I'm fine with not. that. Happy birth, happy late birthday to Mike Urinaga because his yeah. birthday was yesterday and none of us wished oh, him a nice. happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mike. And he tried to, well, <laughs> he tried to schedule a meeting for today. So, you know. so that was a little butt kissing by me just then. <laughs> Go ahead, James. I think I did the opposite whenever I went, eh. Uh, okay, so uh, Toronto Blue Jays pitcher Anthony Bass. Bass? Yes. Bass? Bass. Uh, Bass? Anthony Bass tweeted. Not his best season. It's okay. You do not. It's, tweeted, it's you don't know that right now. Tweeted at uh, United Airlines this. The flight attendant, quote, the flight attendant at United just made my 22-week pregnant wife traveling with a five-year-old and two-year-old get on her hands and knees to pick up the popcorn mess by my youngest daughter. Are you kidding me? Big deal or not a big deal that Anthony Bass uh, thinks that flight attendants are uh, also mains, Amber. And he, he tweeted out a picture of his two-year-old and five-year-old daughters sitting in their seats on this plane. Uh, I would say that this has become a very big deal, and it's going to be a big, big deal when you take it publicly. Anthony Bass has gotten a lot of backlash for this. By the way, apparently Anthony Bass's wife is Jesse James Decker's sister if you know who that is eric decker's wife i digress so there's a lot of kind of a lot of sort of fame going on here and people who then can take their fame to twitter and try to get a response from an airline when most of us uh, would probably love to get responses from airlines not not known for their customer service these airlines these days nevertheless in this situation, it has become a big deal. He invited the firestorm. This does feel a little bit privileged. A lot of people saying, you know, rich people problems here. Oh, your wife had to clean up after her own kids sort of thing. I think that the component he's objecting to here is that his wife is pregnant. And if, in fact, the flight attendant was yelling at her to get on her hands and knees when she was quite obviously and clearly pregnant, I could see that rubbing Anthony Bass, who was not there, by the way, because he was traveling back with his team. That's important to mention because some people thought that he was tweeting this out and he was there and he himself was not <laughs> offering to clean up the popcorn. That was not the case. I can 
imagine how hard it is to travel with two small children. I've traveled extensively with my small child. I only have one. I would imagine it's difficult with two. I would imagine it's extra difficult with two when you're pregnant. Nevertheless, at the same time, I've been 22 weeks pregnant. That's kind of like the sweet spot of pregnancy, second trimester. Like you typically can clean up a bit of a mess, but hands and knees would seem a bit extreme. Like you could probably, I mean, I I don't know her complexities there with her personal pregnancy, but like, it's probably reasonable that she could reach over and pick up some of that popcorn. So I don't want to get into any of that because the last well, thing no, the world needs. Well, no, you steer clear of that. I can have that conversation because I've been about pregnant. That. No, you right. steer way, you steer way clear right. of that. Yeah. Way, way, way clear of that. <laughs> this is definitely a big deal to answer the question because everyone's weighing in on it. I mean, it's just naturally a big deal. He posted the photo and everyone's got their takes. I feel that the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Like we're only hearing his side and he phrases it as that the flight attendant was going to make his wife get down on her hands and knees to pick up popcorn and she's pregnant. It's like, that's extreme. Is is that, is that really what happened? I mean, are you embellishing a little bit? Because if they asked your wife to clean it up and you presented it like that on social, no one would side with you. Everyone would say, well, yeah, that's a reasonable ask. Your kids made a mess. But if you phrase it as in, they tried to make you do it. Now, all of a sudden, you'll get the outrage on your side. I don't know what the truth is. What I know is that, number one, there's nothing I hate more in the complaints department than complaints about airline travel. You are on an airplane, flying through the sky, covering the country in five hours. Do you want to go back to the days of the Oregon Trail? Do you want to die of dysentery in the middle of the woods? While possibly I mean, I getting eaten be, by a bear? That seems extreme, though. Like, I think people just want to go back to Not when extreme. airlines treated us like human instead no, of they cattle. Never did. You know? They never yes, treated you like ago, humans. They did. You go through security. You fly on the plane. You have the ability to traverse wildly long distances with eminent danger at every turn. The heat of Death Valley. Jungles. The Amazon. All types of places you can die. You could just fly over it while having someone wait on you with drinks and food. And yet we still complain. So number one, stop with the complaining about the airlines. Number two, clean up after yourself. That's, waiting, that's not that hard. Clean up after yourself. If your kids make a mess, it's understandable. They're kids. You yes. still got to clean it up, though. Yes. I, I mean, I think waiting on us uh, with, with drinks and food uh, yeah, it might be overstating it with a lot of these airlines these days. I mean, you're lucky to get like a stale bag of peanuts. Nevertheless, ah, I do. Ag- outing I, I, yourself for not for not flying private. I would have just assumed you flew oh, private. You, know, you would have gotten the reference because that's know, how I fly. You know what's so sad? I've never been on a PJ in my life. I mean, it's I oh, you're know. missing out. Oh, yeah, that's sad. It is so sad. You know, they enforce uh, no just, rules. It's, it's no rules. You pay for something like I that. I got so to bad. tag along one. <laughs> One time, they enforce no rules. You can do whatever you want. It's awesome. You know, James, um, it's a tough life. A tough life, I believe. <laughs> I will say, everybody coming after the basses, though, for, like, this idea that, like, the kids shouldn't make a mess or something, or, like, also you shouldn't, like, travel with little kids that eat, like, y'all need to take a walk, because clearly you've never had children. <laughs> but you got to clean up after your kids, right? Do you agree with you that? You have to clean up. I, I have had this exact same experience numerous times. I have flown everywhere with my kid, and also he has exploded food all over planes before, and all over seats. I've had to change his clothes before, because he spills bleep all over himself on the it's hard traveling with kids man kids are kids though it happens Uh, you you travel with one i travel with two so i'm not going to sit here and shed any tears james you've got like 12 so like this whole you got a one-on-one situation if you can't handle that 
You're not going to have the parents of multiple children. I mean, it just sounds like I'm the smarter one here. You know, I, one yes, on I would one, agree. Seems like absolutely yeah, well, agree go. on you that. Guys decided that getting outnumbered was a good idea, James. So stupid. What else do we have? Yeah, wow. Uh, there's a lot there, and I can't <laughs> wait to use it as an open tomorrow. You have a lot um, of kids. I do, yeah. Uh, Joan Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, I think we can <laughs> fit one more in here. Go ahead. Uh, we'll keep it tight. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, into any of the sports stuff. <laughs> we we no. have the Stanley Cup. We have we have the Stanley Cup playoffs going on right now. Big deal. The uh, the the Leafs are down three to nothing uh, to the Lightning after the first period. The Lightning scored a goal with like three and a half seconds left to end the period. Is this just and, a hockey uh, update or is no. this part let, of the Would you update? let me finish? No. <laughs> Jeez. It's just seeing. So now, uh, but the Leafs got booed off. They got booed off their ice. So um, they, home ice, they got booed off in Did the first really? period of game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Joe, big deal or not a big deal? Big deal, big deal, because they haven't won a playoff series since 2004. And, and you know what? Like the, the the Toronto fans are so loyal. They show up year after year after year for this team that rewards them with nothing, with absolutely nothing. And then you think maybe this year is different, and you don't even get 20 minutes. You didn't even get five minutes. They were down two nothing, like three minutes into the game, and then you give up a goal in the final minute. Definitely a big deal. Those fans deserve more. I mean, they're playing a very good team, but yes, this is a big deal. Booing your own team off the ice. Uh, that's a move, Toronto, certainly expressing their displeasure. That is a big, big deal. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, also a big deal. It is your turn to weigh in. We're going to open up the phone lines to you. There's no bigger deal than that. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Whatever you've got for us, the phone lines are open. We'll play some caller roulette coming up next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, if you really want the Boston Celtics dominating the Atlanta Hawks, you've been certainly getting that. The Hawks trying to cut this game a little bit closer. Right now, Boston leading the way 96-88. to 88. Still plenty of time left in the fourth for Atlanta to make noise. The Cleveland Cavaliers are up on the New York Knicks 59-39 to 39 right now. That game is at the half. We are getting to your phone calls. The phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber. 888-SAY-ESPN. Whatever your hottest takes. Maybe you've got some thoughts on the Draymond Green situation. Whatever you've got. 888-729-3776. Before I get to your calls in just seconds, though, Joe's got a little bit more advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. 
Final pizza of the money. This Final pizza of the money. Start. We're off to a good start on this one. Can I just quit? <laughs> can I just walk off the air? I mean, Amber can handle the next six minutes. All right, here we go again. Pizza money. I really love this one, too. This is my best bet on daily wager. Uh, Colorado and Seattle on the ice later tonight. Game one over six goals. Two high-powered offenses here. Seattle was a top-five scoring outfit this season, but defensively they were shaky. 15th in goals against. That's going to be a problem at altitude against the Avalanche, who in last year's playoff run of the title averaged 4.2 goals per game when playing at home. I think they hang a healthy number tonight. I think the Kraken light the lamp a few times. Final pizza money of the... (laughs) (sighs) Avalanche, (laughs) Kraken... Over six goals. We got it. Why is it so hard? 13 black odd. No winner. Spin the wheel. Make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. Triple H, say ESPN. Let's spin that wheel. Sai. Sai is in Tulsa. Hey, Sai, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Yes. Um, I am talking about the Detroit Pistons about getting the number one pick. But again, for like the third year in a row, they get all these good people and they still can't do anything. All right, bye. <laughs> uh, this year, though, is supposed to be different, Joe, because everybody is so in on web. web help me out. <laughs> Victor Wembignana. Wembignana. What is happening? Why can't anyone talk right now? I always have a problem with Wembignana. I'm going to get it before I get in the NBA roster. He's not in the NBA NBA yet, guys. We're good. I still have a little bit more time. I now get nervous around the name. Like I get the Ajita before I say the name. Nevertheless, the point is he's that sort of generational prospect, right? Everyone's telling you he is a can't miss. Now, given everyone told me Zion's a can't miss and I'm still waiting to find out whether that was a miss or whether that was a hit but everyone's telling me that he is a can't miss that he is going to change the trajectory of the franchise so if you end up with the number one this year it's supposed to actually matter I mean the kid is freakishly good he's super tall he can dribble he had this play the other night that went viral where he shot a three missed it but got the rebound off the bounce and slammed it home it's incredible and this guy just produces highlights he's so fluid for his height but again he looks like he could break if the wind blows incorrectly much like Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga last Mm -hmm. year who missed the entire season with a Liz Frank foot injury not saying Wembenyan is an injury concern but he is the consensus number one so I whoever ends up with that number one overall pick has a real opportunity to swing the fortunes of their franchise. They really do. Really. I mean, teams are all in on that guy. And it's so interesting with that draft, too, because the NBA draft's just not known for, you know, you're not going to get guys deep in that draft. You're just not. Or it's, you know, typically anyways, traditionally, you're not going to. And so you have to be there with those top three picks. But you also have to pick right. Typically, this one's a no brainer. Nobody's going outside of him for the number one pick. So it should be easy work for the Pistons. They do end up with that number one pick. Let's spin that wheel. Mike, Mike calls us from Manhattan. Mike, thanks for the call tonight. Go ahead. Hey, what's up? Uh, to me, I if the uh, rumors are true that Draymond won't be suspended, I think that's a great non-call. I think that was a just a hard, tough foul. If you watch the play back, 
as I have many times. It's Sabonis who initiated by holding on to his, his ankle there. So I, I agree with the league. I don't think Draymond should be suspended. The bottom line is I think the Kings are going to win this series. As you've seen with the Warriors, they've been dominant at home all year, terrible on the road. I think they're going to win their home games at the Chase Center. I think the Kings are going to win all the games at in Golden 1 Center. So I think that's great by the knock call. Don't suspend Draymond. And finally, guys, what are your opinions on this uh, knicks Cavs series? I'm nervous. I thought Knicks in six, but I can see most predictions are saying they're going to lose in seven. Uh, thanks for the time. A lot of people were excited about this Knicks-Cavs series because it was one of the harder ones to predict. 59-39 to 39 right now at the half. Advantage Cleveland. Uh, and when it comes to Draymond, though, Joe, Draymond just doesn't get the benefit of the doubt for me. Now, I don't think he should be suspended. And I understand why people didn't even think that he should be tossed. But it's Draymond. And the way that he was with the crowd and the antics and then the history is there. It's just Draymond being Draymond. There's no part of me that feels bad for Draymond that he gets tossed in that scenario. Maybe another player wouldn't have, frankly, but Draymond's reputation precedes him. I don't think that he should be suspended for it. I do think he deserves all the criticism, though, for getting tossed in a really important game that his team could have won had he not gotten tossed, and it might cost them a series. Protect your reputation at all costs. Not in sports, in everything. Protect your reputation at all costs. Once it's tarnished, you can never get it back. Never. If Damian Lillard was in Draymond's shoes and that's what had happened in a Portland Trailblazer playoff game, we aren't having a discussion about a suspension. No one's even considering it. You look at it as a heat of the moment sort of thing and you move on. Draymond does it and everyone assumes the worst because we've seen time and time again there are issues with Draymond Green and how he flares up with his emotions. So I don't think there should be a suspension. I'm hoping there's no suspension. But we'll see. Now, with the Knicks and the Cavs, hey, there's a reason since 2001, teams that lose game one on their home floor are 10-1 and one straight up and against the spread in game two. They bounce back strong. The Knicks clearly feel like they already accomplished what they came to accomplish. Don't be surprised that the Suns do this to the Clippers later. Doesn't mean that the Cavs will end up winning the series, but it is interesting, that stat. It, I mean, it's such a lopsided stat. It's an incredible stat that that's the way things pan out. It goes to show that you're right. These teams that win game one on the road, I guess they kind of let their foot off the gas pedal for game two a little bit. And also, of course, the other team comes out with a vengeance because they certainly have learned their lesson coming off of that game one. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.